Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Support for MPB comes from the Mississippi Symphony Orchestra. Saturday, February 3rd at Thayumara Hall. Stop in the name of love. Features Radiance 4, paying tribute to the ladies of Motown. More information at msorchestra.com. Good morning. It's 8.30 on Monday, January 29th. I'm Karen Brown, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, a conversation with Congressman Greg Harper as he plans his final year in office. Find out his advice for the growing list of candidates hoping to take his place. Then on Everyday Tech, learn tips for monitoring your safety on the Internet. And we'll hear what's at stake for fire protection in rural areas if Mississippi lawmakers choose not to fund a critical grant program. This used to be just sort of a routine thing. We funded it every year for several years. Counties began to rely on it, and we don't have the program up and going like it should be. So it's, it's putting a hardship on counties. That's all coming up. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Mississippians in the 3rd Congressional District will have to elect a new U.S. representative to office next session. That's because Congressman Greg Harper has announced his plans not to seek re-election. Yet with another year in office, he says he's committed to completing the work for the state at the federal level. As the country prepares for the president's State of the Union address tomorrow, Congressman Harper tells us what's next for him has yet to be determined. He's focused on right now. This has been the greatest honor of my life. I'm going to miss it. Uh, But 10 years will be long enough. I'm excited about whatever the new opportunities will be. I just have no clue what that'll be. We knew that this was not something that you should make a career of or plan to stay there for, you know, for a lifetime. And Sydney and I had been struggling with this decision probably for close to two years, trying to decide when is it long enough? When would it be time? And and there were a number of factors that got us to that uh, final decision. You know, look, I'm not going to retire. I, uh, I just don't know yet what I'll be doing uh, next year, but there's plenty of time to work that out. We've still got a lot of work to do in, in Congress uh, for this year, and we're going to you know, stick with that. You've been in politics for a long time, though, in your life. Do you think you will continue in politics? Well, I've always been a highly unpaid political volunteer uh, <laughs> for, I guess, 40 years. You know, I, my, the first race that I worked on, I ran the phone bank for Judge Charles Pickering, in the 1978 uh, U.S. Senate race uh, when uh, Thad Cochran won. Uh, and so I go way back yeah. uh, to, to working on those. And so I've, I've been one of those uh, folks that have put a lot of uh, putting out signs and helping people uh, raise money and going door to door for friends. And, and it's always been a great privilege to, to help folks get elected. So, I mean, I'll always have a great interest in uh, politics, no doubt. Let's talk about the work happening in Washington now. This has been a difficult time for Congress. There have been a lot of of difficulties, uh, for sure, but there's been some great accomplishments as well. Last year was a very difficult Mm -hmm. year for certainly everyone on the Republican side. 
Uh, but getting passed through the House and the Senate and signed into law the tax reform package has we've already seen enormous uh, benefits to the economy. Uh, look at all the the workers across the country. They're in in corporations that have decided to reinvest that money, give bonuses. Imagine if you're uh, struggling and all of a sudden you just got a thousand dollar you know bonus to help with your family with your bills. That matters, and that helps the people living in the real world. And you see increases in wages now. You know, ninety percent of all Americans are going to pay less in taxes this year, and that's uh, that's a real positive for folks. That will change as years go on, though. The tax rate will change. Obviously, there is an eight-year window on this because that's the way they had to do it for scoring purposes. Mm-hmm. But eight years is a, a long time to make sure you turn it into something permanent. It is disappointing when. My friends on the other side of the aisle, many of them have been critical of of this, uh, calling it crumbs or whatever. Well, it's, uh, it's helping real families and living in the real world. And again, it's been a difficult year. It took until the end yes. of uh, President Trump's first year in office to get this accomplished. Right. And this year has started off very rocky mm-hmm. with the government mm-hmm. shutdown. And, you know, during the Obama administration, the view of partisan politics was also very high. And that, that has continued. Sure. The public's view of Congress is not very good. No, it's not. In fact, you know, uh, it's so bad. I was on a flight home a few uh, months ago and somebody asked me what I did and I told him I was a lawyer. <laughs> so that'll just tell you where we where we are on that. What do you hope for the remainder of your term happens? What would you like to leave office saying, boy, I'm glad we got that done? Infrastructure is so critical to our country, and I, and I do think that that's something that will have broad bipartisan support. And the only way you're going to get anything done legislatively, we know it, is if the House, the Senate, and the White House are all going in the same direction. And that's going to be an important part of it. But uh, it doesn't take long to drive around the country and realize that, boy, we've got a great blueprint for uh, highways, but they're in disrepair. And, uh, you know, your various departments of transportation in, in states, guess what? They don't have enough money to do anything but barely do the maintenance of what exists. You know, in Mississippi, what do we need? Well, we need an interstate highway from the capital city to the Gulf Coast. I mean, as much as I love going down Highway 49, for many various reasons, we need an, an interstate highway. And you need it uh, from Meridian to Montgomery, the two adjoining states, the capitals shouldn't be connected by Highway 80. There should be an interstate highway. So you see the need as you go around the country, how you can make uh, things better for for commerce if you have a better uh, that infrastructure in place. Same with uh, some of our airports. There's so much that needs to be done. So how do you come up with the funding to meet this basic need? Uh, but it is something that is required for us to expand and grow as a country. So uh, how we come up with a solution to that this year I think is going to be extremely important to us as well. What advice would you have for those that are running for your seat? It's clear that more than ever, character matters. And so that means be a person that has your life in order and and setting a good example to others and to your own family. Uh, I think that's going to be a critical component, regardless of what someone's views may be on a particular issue or how that may vary. At the end of the day, they're going to look at that. And, you know, I'm chairman of the Committee on House Administration, and for the last three months, every day but Christmas Day, I have dealt with the issue of sexual harassment. The speaker charged and tasked uh, me and our committee with that back in early November. 
and we've dealt on that uh, with that so much to try to make sure it's understood how you treat people it shouldn't be a difficult thing uh, to do. And the taxpayers should never have to pay out money to settle a claim for bad behavior. So at, at the beginning of this whole process, we, I know we've got some uh, exceptional people that are, that are going to be running or are running uh, for that seat. Uh, we wish them well. It's, it's the most unbelievable experience that my wife and I have ever had to be uh, in Congress and to have that opportunity to serve. And so we wish everybody the best. You're not leaving yet, so we'll talk to we you could, again one as more we year. get closer yeah, to So your, we're in our, our final of 10 years. Representing District 3 Congressman Greg Harper, thanks so much for coming in. Uh, my honor as always. Coming up, we'll hear what's at stake for fire protection in rural areas if Mississippi lawmakers choose not to fund a critical grant program. That's after Everyday Tech. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Coming up on the next Mississippi Roads, it's foods of a different kind. We hike through the woods with a forester who forges. It's the Hot Tamale Festival in Greenville, the twist on an old favorite. And a farm in Collins for people, peanuts, and pumpkins. I'm Walt Grayson. Join me on the next Mississippi Roads. Thursday at 7 on MPB Television. On the next Deep South Dining, we want to know what's happening in your kitchen. Kevin Farrell and Deborah Hunter are going to be taking your phone calls and answering your emails as we want to find out what is or is not happening in your kitchen. As always, Deborah's going to bring in something delicious for us to talk about, but we want to hear from you and learn what you are cooking. So tune in to the next Deep South Dining today, 9 a.m., only on MPB Think Radio. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast using any podcast app. Just search Deep South Dining. This is Everyday Tech on Mississippi Edition. I'm Michelle McAdoo with Woods Couture, and today we're discussing internet monitoring and safety. So what are some things to consider when using the internet or your mobile device? Well, Michelle, one thing I think people really need to think about when they're talking about safety and the internet is where are you connecting from? Because if you're connecting from in your home or in, in a private in environment like that, your your safety considerations may be different. But if you're in a coffee shop, a local restaurant, there's no telling who else could actually be sharing those connections with you. So when we're talking about being safe from that aspect, you really kind of need to be aware of your surroundings. Now, if you're also in a work environment, you really need to pay attention as well to what are your employer's expectations when you're using that internet connection. So are they looking for certain things? Are there communications that you're making that are actually prohibited? Maybe you're making a statement about something that happened at work and it's really a little bit more private. Maybe it's a personnel-related thing. You can't be putting that all out there. So you really need to be mindful of your audience and be mindful of your location. And another thing that we really need to look at when we're doing this is we got to think about what are you trying to do? What are you trying to accomplish? Are you just trying to put a joke out? Are you just trying to talk about what your day's been like? Or are you trying to attack someone? Are you really angry? That can really make things take a dangerous turn really fast. And we've seen that so many times. People who have that tendency of speaking before they think. You know, we we see that in so many aspects. We see that in in public figures. We see that in our neighbors. We see that even possibly in our kids' friends, that sometimes that reflection was not a reflection of who they were, but it was a reflection of a moment in time. And we really need to watch out for that. 
And well, since you mentioned being responsible on the Internet, Safer Internet Day was actually created to help teach the younger generation how to be responsible when using their mobile devices. Well, we really do, because unlike maybe when you and I were growing on up, a lot of the dangers we were exposed to were right there in our neighborhood. And you had you had neighbors looking out and you had people that you went to church with down the street that were able to look out for you. And, you know, if you did something really crazy, by the time you got home that night, your mama knew. And, but nowadays, with a digitally connected world, you're not just connected to the folks that are in your neighborhood. You're connected to folks down the street, across town, in the next city, state, or even country or continent away. So, so the dangers have unfolded exponentially. And here's the other thing. A lot of our younger generation today has grown up knowing nothing but this technology, whereas you still have parents and grandparents who this is fairly new to some of them. And so what you have is a digital disconnect, really. And that is, is that these kids and younger adults are using tools that those who supervise or those who are guardians of, parents of, they have no idea what's really going on. So there's there's really a, a disconnect in language there. So it's encumbered upon us as the adults, as the, you know, like when it comes to my kids, it's my responsibility to take on a little bit, learn that some, and have those conversations with my children so that they understand that the decisions you make today can impact you for the rest of your life. So, Michelle, Safer Internet Day really gives us an opportunity to put a little bit of focus on this technological tool that has come into all of our lives. We're all so connected with the Internet, with websites, with apps, with social media, with texting, and with all these other new, exciting, and instant ways for us to communicate. We need to do those things safely. We need to do those things responsibly because that has really become a challenge sometimes when you get people behind a keyboard that all of a sudden don't necessarily feel responsible for their actions. So, again, we need to focus back and think about where are you connecting from, what are you trying to do, and what image of yourself are you putting out there, and make sure that it's an accurate reflection of who you are and also of who you want to be. We will talk more about Internet monitoring and safety on Everyday Tech, the show that comes on Wednesdays at 10 a.m. You can send us an email to everydaytech at mpbonline.org. For Wilkes Couture, I'm Michelle McAdoo. This is Everyday Tech on Mississippi Edition. Your home for the arts and music is MPB Music Radio. From classical to bluegrass, everything in between, MPB Music Radio has a sound for every ear. For information on where to find MPB Music Home, you can now ask for MPB by name. Say, Alexa, play MPB Think Radio for up-to-date news and your favorite local programs. Or say, Alexa, play MPB Radio for great music to get you through your day. And that's it. You're connected. With any smart home device, just ask for us by name. Alexa, play MPB Think Radio, where Mississippi is our mission. I'm Robin Young. Hispanic characters are underrepresented on TV, and producers are trying to change that with remakes of classics, including Party of Five. Originally, the parents died in the new show. This is about a family of kids that have to figure out how to stay together when the parents are deported. The oldest sibling is actually going to be a DACA recipient. Next time, here and now. Today at noon on MPB Think Radio.
This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. Some lawmakers in Mississippi are standing behind measures that would offer more funds to fire departments in need. The Rural Fire Truck Acquisition Assistance Program helps counties buy fire trucks and other protective gear. Created in 1995, the program hasn't been funded in the last six years. Fire officials say they're suffering due to the lack of support. The program is administered by the State Department of Insurance. They say fire departments continue to apply, but the applications stop there without funding. Republican Representative Larry Bird of Petal has authored two bills on the issue. He tells MPB's Ashley Norwood more about House Bills 1223 and 1224. The Rural Fire Truck Acquisition Program, this is a program that allows counties to draw uh, somewhere around $75,000 or $78,000 toward the purchase of a new fire truck. And it's just a grant and it's a funding assistance, but it has to be authorized. So the legislation that I have in one of the bills authorizes another round. So far, I think there might have been 12, 12 rounds, but I don't think the program was funded last year. And I don't think they did anything as far as uh, rip out. And so I'm trying to get that rolling again. So that's the authorizer. And then the other bill, the second bill, is a funding bill. And we have in the past put this $3 million into the big bond bill where we borrow, you know, 250 to $500 million. But my bill asks for a direct appropriation. It's not a loan that we'd have to pay interest back on. It's a direct appropriation from available funds out of the general fund. Why now? Is there something going on on a street level where firefighters are complaining about their equipment or their trucks not being up to par? There's a, uh, a time limit on how long you can use a fire truck. After a certain period of time, it may be 15 years, but when a truck gets so old, under our statute, you have to replace that truck, and it can be very expensive. So that's why we're working to help counties. And this used to be just a, a sort of a routine thing. We funded it every year for several years, and counties began to rely on it. And now some of those trucks are are now at the point where they're going to have to be replaced. And we don't have the program up and going like it should be. So it's it's putting a hardship on counties. So that's one of the reasons that we're pushing to get this thing up and going again. Counties could levy additional millage to pay for fire trucks if they really had to. But this is is a a method that encourages uh, districts to have good equipment. How important is it that they have good equipment? They could lose their fire rating. You're rated on your your ability to respond to a fire, and that lowers insurance rates. So insurance rates could go up if a department vehicle gets condemned and they don't have enough firefighting apparatus. And this actually, this is administered through the insurance department, so you understand that fire rating and insurance rates uh, relate to the uh, fire department's ability to respond to a fire. What are the conditions in Petal? There are several volunteer fire districts and, and volunteer fire departments in the Forest County area that I represent. And I heard directly from our fire coordinator, and he's made me aware that the need is there, and it's just not being met. So how big of an issue is this then across the state from what your understanding is? You know, every county has a, has a volunteer fire department, fire protection district, so... It's an issue all all across the state, for counties and for cities. What's been the response from legislators? 
those that are aware of the program are, are very favorable. But I would just like for other legislators to be aware of how important this program is to the 82 counties and the municipalities of the state. And, as you know, we're not talking about a ton of money. We're talking about $3 million out of a $6 billion budget. Thank you again so okay. much for your time today. Thank you. Representative Larry Bird of Petal. Jennifer Williams is fire chief in Chickasaw County. She tells MPB's Ashley Norwood her fire engine is aging. My primary response engine for, for my district is a 1995 pumper. Um, it was purchased new in 1995 using the real fire truck acquisition money. A couple other vehicles in our county are about the same age as mine, and there are several that are newer. We just happen to be one of the first ones that were, was able to get an engine in our county. Um, so without this money, I mean, there is there is no hope of replacement because, you know, counties just cannot afford fire trucks. To have purchased something new in 1995, what does that look like in 2018? It's the same thing as purchasing a vehicle. I mean, if you were driving a 1995 model that you've never upgraded, that you've never, you know, replaced any of the parts on, it's the, it's the same concept. On the other side of that, pricing is also the same. So what you paid for a car in 1995 is not what you will pay for one in 2018. The same is true with fire trucks. So the cost has gone up over the years as well. And rural departments just can't afford to pay a quarter of a million dollars for for a new engine. So how important is it to to upkeep and to make sure, you know, the engines are working properly? Um, If the fire engine is not working properly, then somebody's life's at danger. You know, it's, it's how we get there. It's how we put out the fire. Um, also, our responders, you know, they're driving these older model vehicles. So, you know, it's a risk to them as well. What other ways can you fund, you know, these appliances, devices, and getting new trucks? Does money come from any other places? Well, you can do fundraisers. Um, well, we do that. However, I mean, you're not going to get a quarter of a million dollars in a fundraiser. You can apply for grants, but those are mostly matching grants. So you have to come up with a percentage of it still. And so, you know, 10% of $250,000 is still a lot of money, especially to a rural department. So what are some of the issues that you see, you know, in the future if if the legislation doesn't pass? Then we are going to continue to run these older model vehicles. Um, and what's going to happen is ratings are going to start suffering and people's insurance are eventually going to go up. What's the correlation between the ratings and then the insurances? Um, the rating bureau has requirements that your engine must meet these certain specifications. It must be able to pump so much, so many gallons per minute um, for so long to achieve certain ratings. The older these trucks get, the harder it is for them to maintain that. And then how does that affect, um, because when you say insurance, you mean just like regular day folks? I mean, ho- folks. Homeowner, mm-hmm. homeowner insurance, yes, because your homeowner insurance is directly related to how close you are to a fire station. You have to be within five miles, I believe, to, to receive an insurance benefit for that. And, you know, if you live outside that five miles, then it's like you don't have a fire department there at all. But if you live within that five miles, say you get a Class 9 rating, then your insurance is going to drop around 20%. Of course, if you get a Class 8, it's going to drop just a little bit more. So the lower the rating of the fire department, the better it is. Now, would you say that just just over the years that the the dangers of fires or home fires, property fires, they're they're increasing? Yes. Um, The materials we use to build with today, they burn faster. They burn hotter. So, yes, it's definitely um, the risk to firefighters is increasing. 
then this is a pretty serious situation. It is a very serious situation. Thank you. Thank you. Jennifer Williams, Fire Chief in Chickasaw County with our Ashley Norwood. Volunteer fire departments in all Mississippi counties are eligible for the program. Stay tuned to MPB Think Radio for a full slate of Mississippi-based programs all morning long. Coming up at 9 o'clock, it's Deep South Dining. Then at 10, it's Now You're Talking. And at 11 o'clock, stay tuned for Southern Remedy, Healthy and Fit. Did you miss part of the show today? Find past episodes of this and other Think Radio programs online at mpbonline.org or by downloading the MPB Public Media app from the Apple or Google Play stores. I'm Karen Brown. Join us again tomorrow morning at 8.30 for the next Mississippi edition, only on MPB Think Radio. Support for MPB comes from the Mississippi Symphony Orchestra. Saturday, February 3rd at Thayumara Hall, Stop in the Name of Love features Radiance 4, paying tribute to the ladies of Motown. More information at msorchestra.com.